what's really gets my thick heart is. Welcome to Metal Up Your Podcast. I'm Ethan Luck. Hello. Uh, hello? You're not Clint. I am Akeem. Wait. Akeem from Zamunda. What are, you, what are you doing here during my intro? I have recently been placed in charge of garbage. Do you have any that requires disposal? Ah, okay. So, uh, let's say I were to play something like my least favorite song from St. Anger and just toss it in the trash can. Well, when it fills up, don't be afraid to call me. I'll come take it out most urgently. Wow, amazing, Akeem. Thank you so much. That's so generous of you. You know, sometimes when we do this show, there's a lot of, you know, quote-unquote garbage that, you know, comes out of our mouths and we maybe we get some facts wrong, things like that. So that garbage can can get quite full from time to time. When you think of garbage, think of Akeem. <laughs> well, will do, Akeem. Will do. Um, well, hey, man, I got to get to the show here. We haven't really gotten into it. I got to do some emails and I got to talk about my top 10 Metallica ballads, all this good stuff. So um, I assume you got some stuff to do too, right? Well, um, I have to get back to my sanitation duties. Maybe we'll have a chance again to talk on a professional level. Of course, Akeem, of course. We will definitely talk later in the show. I want to check in on you later and see how you're doing. Anyways, everybody, welcome to Melp Your Podcast. It is just me, Ethan Luck. Clint? Clint? That's right, ladies and gentlemen. Clint Wells is currently boarding a flight to Germany to go play some shows with Rodney Atkins. And uh, he left me here by my lonesome little self. And uh, yeah, but guess what? It's my turn to do Metal Pure Podcast Radio. This is episode number 81, and I'm going to be talking about my favorite top 10 Metallica ballads. Now, sometimes this is weird ground to cover because, you know, as we know, a lot of Metallica ballads do end up escalating into more of a thrash metal or rock part. But... Let's kind of ignore that because we all still call them ballads. At least we do here at Metal Pure Podcast. So I'm going to do that. But before we get into that, we're going to do a couple things here. Our normal housekeeping stuff that me and Clint do. But again, it's just me. So here we go. Uh, if you're listening for the first time, first of all, that intro, uh, you might be really confused. You might think this is a Coming to America podcast. It is not. We're an all Metallica podcast. We do an episode every Monday. Clint and I get together once a week to talk about our favorite band, Metallica. We're both two touring professional very professional musicians and uh yeah this started a long time ago um the the idea did we've talked about it a few times but uh this is what our friendship was uh, grounded on really it was metallica and fast forward a few months and we started a podcast and here we are a year and a half later so it's been a good time um if you haven't checked us out on itunes we're on there we're on all the places you can find podcasts uh if you use um <clears throat> what's the other one called uh overcast that's my favorite one um, like I said, and uh, yeah, if you want to go on iTunes too and leave us a review, that really helps us get more visible. It's not an ego thing, it's not an ego thing at all. We just want more people to find out about this podcast, 
and uh, find this community of Metallica-loving nerds that want to talk about it each week or be a fly on the wall and listen to us talk about it. So go to iTunes, leave us that review. Um, also, we've got something called Patreon, which you'll hear more about later. But we have some new patrons this week, and I'm excited to read you those names. Our first one is Andy John. And uh, just so you know, um, Patreon will get you... Uh, priority email access. It's a really exclusive VIP kind of thing. Um, Andy sent us a really great email, but I, I want to save that for next week when Clint and I are back together. Uh, he sent us a really, his really cool Metallica story. So thanks, Andy, for being a new patron. Uh, Santiri, I think it's name. Santiri Seri. I'm not sure uh, where you're from, but that is a really cool name, and we thank you for your your, your patron patronism. Uh, another one, James B. Marze, Mars, M-A-R-Z-E. That's another new patron. Thank you so much. And then also, if you're not hip to the Patreon thing and you don't want to really get involved in that, but you feel like donating to the show, you could always just send us uh, a donation through PayPal, like our next friend did, Matthew Kerr. He sent us on, uh, 10 bucks on PayPal and just said, you guys read my email on the air, so go get yourselves each a coffee. Matthew, thank you so much. And like I said, if you guys are wigged out by something like Patreon, which I don't know why you would be, but... Um, yeah, you get access to our EP, uh, email priority, all this cool stuff. Um, but again, if you're if you're wigged out by it, don't worry. Um, and but you're like, you know, sitting there every night, just like, I gotta give them a donation, a dollar, two dollars. You can always PayPal us, and our PayPal email address is our normal email address, which is the easiest way to get a hold of us. Metal up your podcast show gmail.com. We're on all the socials. We talk about it. We're on all the stuff Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, blah, blah, blah. Search Metal Up Your Podcast. You will find us. Um, I think that's about it. Um, I think it's time to get to the email corner. All right, friends, our first email is from Kevin Warren. He says, hey, guys, love the podcast. I'm only a few episodes in, and I can't help but mention that Jason Newstead came out with heavy metal music in 2013, and it's killer. You guys could easily do an episode on this album. Thanks, and keep up the great work. Well, um, I got to be honest. I haven't dove too far into the deep end with some of Jason's stuff um, post-Metallica. I I have dabbled a bit. Um, I got to say, in all honesty, it's good. But, it, you know, it's nothing like blows me away. But um, I think, you know, in the future, Clint and I will sit down and explore Newstead's musical world post Metallica and get a little deeper, play some tracks. Um, yeah, we'll get into that at some point. Don't worry. But thank you, Kevin, for the email. Our next email is from Bobby Alford, not to be confused with Rob Alford. <laughs> oh my God, I'm full of it. Anyways, old Bobby Alford says, longtime listener, first time email, emailer, LOL. That means laugh out loud, by the way. I love you guys. I listen to you daily at work. It gets me through. Oh, man, that's cool. Uh, man, I hope I don't upset you, but that Tom guy from Alpha Metallica, to me, can't be a real Metallica fan. LOL. That means laugh out loud, by the way. Um, how can he love St. Anger but dislike Hardwired and Load and Reload? Um, let me finish reading this and we'll get into it a little bit. Um, to me, that makes absolutely no sense. I had to vent. I will email more often now and I will send uh, money your way. Um, he continues on by saying, I'm not sure if you heard the studio version of No Leaf Clover, but it's on YouTube and it's really good. To me, Spit Out the Bone is the best song since 88. I could write lots more, but I'll wait. LOL. That means laugh out loud, by the way. Um, my top 10 Metallica albums are, he says, number 10, San Anger, number 9, Kill em All, number 8, Load, number 7, Reload, number 6, Death Magnetic, number 5, Black Album, number 4, Hardwired, number 3, Ride the Lightning, number 2, Master of Puppets, and number 1, The Great Riffing Album and Justice for All. Uh, well, Bobby, um... You're not upsetting me at all. I don't know how Clint would feel if he was here. 
Um, look, when it comes to Metallica, any band really, when it comes to anything in life, you're allowed to like what you like. You're allowed to dislike what you don't want to like. You know, that's my opinion on it. Um, I really didn't like St. Anger forever. I still don't love it. Um, certain tracks have grown on me. I still will probably never like the production. I'll never like the snare sound. Um, and probably won't ever call it a thrash record. However, some of that has grown on me, much like Load and Reload did. When I look at your list, Bobby, I, it's clear that you're like a thrash dude. Um, if I'm totally wrong, email me and tell me I'm wrong. But you got Kill 'Em All down at number nine. But you know you've got Justice, Puppets, Lightning, Hardwired. I feel like you're a thrash guy. If I'm if I'm pegging you correctly, but um, I can I can definitely say, truth be told, Tom is a real Metallica fan. He definitely is. Um, well, that's Tom Quay. I like Metallica a lot. I'm trying to, that's not really Tom. That's more of a Paul McCartney or John Lennon or something. Anyways. Um, yeah. So those are kind of my thoughts on it. I think I, I know Tom is a Metallica fan. We've had him on m- numerous, numerous episodes and he can hang for sure. Do we disagree a lot on, on tracks he might dog and, uh, tracks that are tracks we love totally. And we'll call him out on it. It's all in good fun. The, uh, the Metallica podcast community is a fun community. Everyone gets along. We all love each other. Um, yeah. And you know, more of us, the better, right? All right, Bobby, thanks for the email. We appreciate it. I'm sorry. I appreciate it. I don't know if Clint does. He's not here. Uh, our next email is from Kim, uh, Engberg. Uh, hello, my, my two fellow metalheads. I wanted to congratulate you on creating such a great podcast about my favorite band of all time, the mighty Metallica. I really like the fact that you guys are not just, a, uh, not just fans of the group, but like myself being, a, being, a, my gosh, what's my problem? Sorry. Uh, he's, let me, let me rewind a little bit. I really like the fact that you guys are not just fans of the group, but like myself being a fan of Metallica, it's almost a way of life. I just wanted to know that you, uh, if you ever hear Lars Ulrich say something in, in Danish that you don't quite understand, just email me and I'll translate it for you. I think I've heard so many things. Um, I was at a Volbeat concert last year when Lars came on stage and played drums on Guitar Gangsters by Volbeat. And uh, after that, they played Inner Sandman. Holy shit, dudes, it fucking ruled. Um, many regards from Kim in Denmark. And uh, he says, yes, Kim is a men's name here in Denmark. Well, Kim, it's also it, it also can be a man's name in uh, the mighty America. <laughs> um, case in point, Kim Thal from Soundgarden, one of my favorite guitar players. Um, dude, thanks for the email, Kim. Um, you know what? Sometimes it can be a way of life. Uh, for me personally, I, I don't think it's a way of life where that's all I listen to. And, and those are the only lyrics I'm affected by and stuff. Uh, you know, as, as you've listened to the show a lot, you know that me and Clint have a very diverse taste in music, but Metallica, of course, being like right there at pretty much at number one for me, it's like a tie. They're definitely my favorite metal band of all time, but it's the clash of Metallica. Um, but yeah, parts of Metallica, I think, uh, especially lyrically, the moods of the music sometimes can definitely become a way of life for me or, or I should say, very much to affect my life. You know, there's times where I'm feeling a certain way and there's a certain Metallica song that might fit the mood or might even change my mood for the better. So I do agree with that. Um, if I can get these pages unstuck, it's good quality printer paper, as you can tell. Our next email, this is a short, might be the shortest email we've ever gotten. Uh, Eric Dallager, uh, he is emailing regarding uh, one of Eddie Murphy's classic songs, Boogie in Your Butt. And he just said, Put a bumblebee in your butt. And I think there's no better time than now to listen to a clip of Boogie in Your Butt. Boogie in your butt. 
putting no boogie in nobody's butt. That's nasty, man. What you talking about? Putting boogies in people's butt. You out your mind or something? You go to jail for doing something like that. Well, step aside, my friend. I've been doing it for years. I say, sit on down, open your eyes, and open up your ears. Say, put a tree in your butt. Put a, a bubble bee in your butt. Put a clock in your butt. Put a big rock in your butt. Say, put some fleas in your butt. Say, stop to sneeze in your butt. Say, put a tin can in your butt. Put a little tiny man in your butt. Say, put a light in your butt. Say, make it bright in your butt. Say, put a TV in your butt. Say, Oh man, what an Eddie Murphy classic. You should definitely download that song on iTunes. You want the whole the whole kit and caboodle. That's a good one. Um, anyways, thank you, Eric, for reminding us what a timeless song Boogie in Your Butt is. All right, our last email is short and sweet too from Jason Wood. This is directed at Clint, so hopefully Clint's listening. Clint? He says, Clint, really enjoyed the song about your grandfather. He's this referring to Clint's uh, bonus episode of his radio, um, of his radio, <laughs> his Metal Up Your Podcast radio episode he did a few days ago. He said, really enjoyed the song about your grandfather. It mirrored a lot of the interaction I had with my dad, who passed away 13 years ago, and the huge bond we had over a lot of the artists uh, you named in the song. Um, superbly done. Had me choked up a bit. Thanks again, and have a great weekend, Jason. Jason Wood, thank you so much. Um, yeah, if you haven't listened to Clint's uh, bonus episode he did a few days ago, go check that out. He plays a lot of good songs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, were the emails. Hey, this is Ethan and Clint from Metal Up Your Podcast, and we want to talk to you about something we love called Patreon. That's right. Patreon is a way for fans of the show to give back to the show, to donate money that uh, helps us in quality and content. And not only that, but we've actually come up with all sorts of fun incentives to give back to you for supporting the show. Exactly. For instance, if you donate $5 or more, you get access to Cover Our World Blackened, which is the official Metal Up Your Podcast Metallica cover EP. That's right, and that's the only way to get it. In addition to the EP, we also give you priority email access, meaning we'll read your email first on the show. We give you early access to Patreon-exclusive merchandise, Patreon-exclusive giveaways, and any other side projects Ethan and I might be involved in. There's all sorts of things you can look at on there and you can donate to. Go check it out, patreon.com slash Podcast. How do you spell that, Clint? P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Podcast. And if you really think about it, $5 a month for an entire year, that's really just like a cup of coffee a month so go check it out thanks everyone peace adios i mentioned at the top of the show but what i'm doing is my top 10 metallica ballads okay and just to clarify one more time sure the end of some of these songs might go into thrashy world but it's still a ballad in my mind okay it just gets to be a fast ballad towards the end so let's jump right into this okay i've gotten a lot of shit for this over the years the years it hasn't been two years yet over the many months of this show um, my number 10 is the outlaw torn and yes, it is on S and M I've double and triple and quadruple check this. Um, this is also a song that I feel has really grown on me over the years. Um, I mentioned it earlier in one of the emails that load and reload took me a, a long time to warm up to, but the outlaw torn, it's one of those great, beautiful, super long last tracks on a record. You know, a lot of bands when, you know, especially my old bands when we record, you, you have oftentimes maybe this long epic epic song that's pushing you know seven eight nine minutes and it's not really the kind of song you want to open your record with but usually they always work great as closing songs so 
This one in particular, I think, is a perfect example of a great closing song on a record. The dynamic in this song is just this slow uphill climb, and I love it so much. Heffield's vocals, when he goes into the, uh, on the chorus is so good. Um, yeah, there's so many great things about this song, and I'm glad that over the years, my Metallica musical taste has changed and has evolved. And being almost 40 years old, The Outlaw Torn is a kick-ass song, and that's why it's on my list at number 10. Here you go. Listen now.
All right, there you have it. The Outlaw Torn. Great, great, great tune. Don't you love it? Do you love it? Do you like it? Do you? Anyways, um, let's just, for one, maybe once and for all, the fact that I put that on this top 10 list, we can all just forget about the fact that I left that off at S&M. I mean, I keep bringing it up, so I guess it's my fault. Anyways, let's just move on. How about that? Moving on. Number nine, this should come as no surprise if you are a patron and have our cover EP called Cover Our World Black in Volume 1. This is The Unforgiven 3, and you know what? It's an awesome song. I covered it on our EP, and if you don't have that, go check it out. Go to Patreon, check it out. Um, I've been very vocal about the fact that I love all three Unforgivens. My favorite in order is one, two, and three. Um, but this one's great. Um, you know, of course, the, you know, some might say there are some production issues with Death Magnetic. I'm one of those people. However, I still love that record. Uh, I think in regards to production, it's still way better than Saint Poo Poo. Um, but The Unforgiven 3 is a great, great journey of a song. It's, you know, it does have, you know, gets not, this doesn't get thrashy, but uh, it gets pretty heavy in the choruses and towards the end and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I love the lyrics in this song. How can I be lost if I got nowhere to go? Man, Hetfield did a good job on this song. Um, also, I love the part in the song on the forgive me, forgive me not part. To me, that's the one of the best moments of All of Death Magnetic. I feel like the production level jumped up on that one section. You hear some strings coming in. There's, of course, a string section at the beginning, right before the Hetfield guitar comes in. But on that Forgive Me Not part, it just gets really big. It's almost S&M sounding to me, and I love that. And I cannot get sick of this song ever. You could put it on repeat, and I will have a big old smile on my face and love every minute of it. So let's take a listen to Unforgiven 3.
Come on. How can you not like that song? One of the best Hetfield screams on Forgive Me. Man, so good. So, 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 so good. Anyways, moving right along. Uh, I'm going uh, current Metallic on this next one. Don't even try to stop me. I'm doing it. And I consider this a ballad. And if you don't, that's fine. You're entitled to your opinion. This is Planet Earth. For Gosh, jeez. Anyways, my number eight is easily one of my favorite tracks on the current Hardwired to Self-Destruct, Halo on Fire. Now, I remember the first time I listened to this song, when the record came out, um, I was in Oakland, actually, in Oakland, California. I was there with my wife, visiting some friends and family, and I was we were staying at a friend's apartment, and we kind of had a long afternoon to have some drinks and hanging in the city and being cool and all that stuff. But we got back to my friend's apartment, and everyone was kind of going to bed, and midnight hit, and I was like, ooh, you know what time it is. It's hardwire time, right? So I uh, I was wide awake still. I couldn't fall asleep. So I put my inner monitors in, downloaded the record, went outside my friend's deck and listened to the whole record front to back. And when I got the Halo on fire, I was like, oh my God. 
of course I was stoked to hear like the thrashy stuff on the record, you know, the moth and the flame, the hardwire, the spit out the bone. But when I got to Halo on Fire, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is just, I don't know. It's to me, it's very not throwback, but classic Hetfield in the, the way he, the choruses really, especially, um, I don't know. There's just something about his melody over those, over those chords on the chorus. Cause it's not necessarily straight conventional, you know, I'm playing E minor C G D or whatever. It's, you know, the and he just does a great job of building a melody around that. And <clears throat> that was the first thing I noticed, like that really jumped out in the song was that, I mean, it's just a big, heavy song, cool ballad verses, and you know what? I'm st- still calling it a ballad. It does it does have the formula of a lot of early Metallica songs where it starts off slow, ballady, and then you have that big buildup at the end. And of course, that's just beautiful at the end. The... That part is great that Kirk plays. Man, love it. I just love this song. And fortunately, when uh, I got to see them for the first time on this leg of the tour, or this sorry, this tour cycle in Philadelphia, they played this song and I just about lost it. I mean, it was so cool to see Hetfield do that kind of new intro that he just does live. And it was really cool to see the crowd just like explode when they went into it. You know, the first downbeat, the bong, 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 dun, 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 that was awesome. It was just such a great thing to see. Like I was standing back by Big Mick and the soundboard just kind of absorbing the whole night, the whole atmosphere. It was just such a great memory. And this song really stands out on this record and also at that show I saw. And we saw him in Detroit too. So, Enough of me yapping. You know this song. Let's all sing along. Let's all have a good time. Let's all air drum. Halo on fire.
Oh, man. How can you not mess with that song? I mean, it's got so many elements of Metallica we love. You got heaviness, got good melodies, great Kirk moments, huge drums. Gosh, don't even get me started, okay? All right, moving right along. This is another great ballad, and this is the very, I think, formulaic, classic Metallica ballad, ballady into thrashy, okay? This is The Day That Never Comes, easily one of the standout tracks for me on Death Magnetic. When they released this as, uh, released this as a single um, before the record came out, this is a while back, obviously. I was still living at my old house in Nashville, just about a mile from HQ1 now, and I remember it came out, and it was similar. It's like when every you know, record or song comes out from your favorite bands. You just like run straight to your computer, download it and like listen to it a thousand times. And this was the same thing. And immediately this, the, the, the intro to this just reminded me of, of one, um, not the very intro, the ding, 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 not that part. Um, but when the clean guitar part and the drums came in, the drums are very dry. The whole record is dry cause it's a Rick Rubin production. Um, but it kind of had that one vibe too. And I really like that. And, uh, just like one, I mean, it goes into that thrashy part at the end and, and just gets huge. Um, such a big chorus, man. Um, I love this chorus so much, especially when it after right towards the end of each section, it does the, it's so heavy. Oh, really fun. I would, I really hope that when we catch them on the arena tour coming up this fall into winter, I really hope they play this one. I would love to see it live. Obviously, I've seen tons of live footage of it, seeing it on the Quebec Magnetic stuff, all that. You know, I just, I really want to see it live. It's easily one of my favorite tracks of the Death, Death Magnetic. And God, it just gets so thrashy and just chaotic towards the end. And sometimes on this record, even though the production I think is a little lacking on this album, this to me is a song when the thrashy part happens where the production actually comes in handy because it makes it really thra- sound like an old school thrash record. So I dig that about it. Um, but the ballady part, since we're talking about ballads in this episode, this is a good, a good ballad, big ballady, but heavy chorus. Um, James really stretches his vocal vocals on this one, hits some pretty high notes, not really out of his range, but he can hit it, you know, and it, it, you hear that little bit of strain in his voice, which is really cool when singers do that. They, they are pushing the limits of how high they can sing and they get just a natural kind of distortion in their voice, a little bit of a growl up there. And I think it sounds really cool in this song. Um, clean parts are great. Kirk moments are great. Great harmonies towards the end. I mean, there's so many good parts of this song. I can't say enough good things about it. So why don't we dive in, shall we? And I, I, side note, if you're someone that's kind of, that kind of jumped off the train after a black album or whatever, or maybe after St. Anger, you're like, that's it. Fuck it. I'm done. Um, and you haven't really dove into this record check it out. I mean, we're about to listen to the day, the day that never comes. And like I said before, this is a great example of like classic Metallica ballad into thrash formula. So let's take a listen. If you haven't dove into it in a while, I think, uh, this is a great track to listen to. I'll stop yapping. Here we go.
Wow. Ooh, yeah. That's my reaction to that song. Ooh, yeah. Man, I really think in The Day That Never Comes, Kirk's lead work, I really think it's very reminiscent of Ride the Lightning, that era. It's it's really good. Great job, Kirky boy. All right, moving right along. Um, this this whole next song is 100% a full ballad, no matter what you say. It's all ballad all the time. Um, this, of course, is one of the many singles off the Black Album, Nothing Else Matters, with the accompanying video of them in the studio, which is always one of my favorite videos, because you just got to see kind of behind the scenes, them in the studio, what they were doing, and it was just really cool. Um, and this also gives us a wonderful, a classic Hetfield solo. You know, obviously Kirk is the lead guitar player and occasionally we get some Het solos in there, you know, like um, Master of Puppets, stuff like that. This is one of my favorite Hetfield solos. And this too, when this when this came out, I was a pretty, uh, pretty young guitar player at the time. I was maybe playing guitar for like two or three years at this point. And this solo was so cool because it's there's nothing like shreddy about it. It's very melodic. And if you're a guitar player and you're getting into lead work, this is a really fun one to learn. I learned this solo and it was the first Metallica lead I, I ever actually learned. And I just couldn't believe that I finally got it down. I was like, wow, this is not as hard as I thought it was. Um, the feel of it can, can be a little difficult to kind of play it like Hetfield does, especially with your eyes closed like he does in the video. Um, but yeah, it's a great one to, to play if you're a, a guitar player that's getting into learning leads and you want to dive into some Metallica stuff. This one's really good to learn. The intro to Fade to Black, the intro to One stuff like that. Um, but yeah, this one of course has that great, as Bob Rock says, that great Lars backbeat, you know, some repetitive lyrics, but I think it works so well. And I feel like, you know, much like, um, outlaw torn, this one kind of just ramps up, up the hill slowly up and finally you get to that lead. And James does that great. Yeah. And it goes into his lead and it's just, Oh, it's just perfect to me. It's just, it takes us on this up uphill journey to a, a very scary Hetfield, yeah, into a beautiful solo, and then it's just like, then you hit the edge of the cliff and fall right down into the quietness of the outro of the song, and it's just beautiful. There's so much good stuff in this song. Good sauce, as Clint would say. Clint? Clint. No, still not here. Um, Yeah, nothing else matters. I mean, everyone knows this song. If you've seen them, it's it's a staple in their set. They have to play it, you know? Sometimes I don't feel like they don't have to play it. I mean, they could replace this with something else in live and I'd be cool with it. But when they play it, it's still great. It's a great moment in the show. Um, great song to come back to for the encore. Uh, I'm sure they'll do it again in the arena tour, but um, I'm not disappointed when they play it. I think it's awesome. I also, though, wish that um, James would do the old uh, double neck explore on this one. That would be cool. I miss that guitar. He, I think he, I think he originally had that for the Unforgiven, but it would be bitching on this one too. Anyways, enough talk about guitars. Let's get into nothing else matters. You know the song, you love the song, you've heard it forever, but it's always a joy to listen to, like right now. This way 
trust I see and I find in you. Every day for us something new. Open mind for a different view. And nothing else
Oh, yes. That's what I'm talking about. That You get to the edge of the cliff, end of the solo, then you just jump off the cliff, and it's just this nice, delicate fall to the ground. Anyways, nothing else matters. What a great tune. All right, number five. Um, if you know me, this should be no surprise. The Unforgiven Dose. Number two. Of course we love The Unforgiven 2, don't we? What I love about this one is it has the same intro as The Unforgiven 1. Uh, so you're like, wait a second, it's a sequel. It's the same intro. Then it comes in just like super heavy with the backbeat and big guitars. And what I love about this one is we got the B-Bender. We've talked about that on previous episodes. It's a very common uh, mod done to a Telecaster or other guitars too, whatever, but mostly Telecasters. It's very uh, much used in country music. Um, but there's a good B-Bender part on this one as, as the intro when that clean guitar comes in. And uh, what I love about this one is the verses are much uh, quieter and the choruses are huge and big and stuff. So it's the exact opposite of what the original Unforgiven is minus the solo section. The original one, we've got like the big verses and then down quiet chorus. But this one's great. I love uh, Kirk's lead on this one is awesome. It's very like energetic and kind of feels a little chaotic and kind of like he almost like he probably improv did a bunch and then finally landed on this. I don't know. It's just it's just really cool. I've never seen it live uh, in person. Um, I would love to. That'd be amazing. Um, this one we often joke and say, are you unforgiven as well? Are you unforgiven also? Um, yeah, turn the pages, turn to stone. Great lyrics in this song. I mean, if you like the original Unforgiven, I don't understand why you wouldn't like the Unforgiven too. Some people may have had a problem with the fact that it's a trilogy, but guess what? They're there. They're out there. James ordained it. So let it be written. So let it be done. Okay. But yeah, let's, uh, you know, before we dive into it, I will say, uh, like I did earlier stuff off load and reload. I had to grow up with a little bit, you know, I think I was at an age maybe when they came out where I was kind of like, man, that ain't Metallica. You know, I liked a couple tunes, you know, um, until it sleeps, of course, memory remains fuel, but a song like this, I think I skipped over for a number of years. And I'm looking back now, I'm like, why in the hell did I do that? It's such a great song, great lyrics, great tones, great feel, obviously great production. This is another Bob Rock one. But um, yeah, time went on and I started to revisit these records. And I think this podcast had a lot to do with that. When we would cover specific records in the early months of this of this show, you know, Clint and I would dive into records in our off time, you know, on tour at home and just listen to them over and over again to really absorb them before we went into an episode. And so that was another milestone, I think, for me with this song was that over the years before the podcast, I, I got into it. I dug it. But then when I really dove into it for our, our, our episode on Reload, it just something clicked. You know, it's like, man, this is a Metallica classic to me. It maybe not be, it maybe not, maybe not for the rest of the world and the rest of Metallica fans. It's obviously not a song they play commonly live, but for me, it's just like, dude, this is good classic Metallica ballad territory we're, we're entering in here. So I dig it. I hope you dig it. Let's dive into the Unforgiven Two. Demons run 
But it's open if you're true If you can understand the me Then I can understand the you Now I 
thing you often uh, can't tell when listening to this song is that little outro right there they're landing on one chord and they go to resolve on the what's called the the root note the root chord of the song and it should be minor and you hear that b bender go up to major yeah little nugget there at the end if you uh, have never noticed that um yeah unforgiven too great song heavy huge great bob rock production we love it don't we don't we don't you All right, number four, um, another classic Metallica ballad into Thrashy Ending. Um, This was the song that really started it all for me with Metallica. This was the reason I got into them. This video terrified me. Of course, I'm talking about the very first video they ever made for MTV. You got it, folks. Fuel. (laughs) I'm talking about one, of course. Um, Gosh, the video is frightening especially when you're a kid watching it, like, my daddy, what's this? Um, yeah, I did not know what to think of this thing. I just knew that it was the first time I'd heard music like this, and I just freaked out. And, uh, of course, as I was mentioned on the show before, a little while later, I finally saved up some money, went to a place called The Warehouse, which is an old CD store in Orange County we had. I don't know if that was nationwide or not. Was it? Was it New Jersey, too? I'm not sure. But... Yeah, went down, got Master of Puppets, got Justice for All, and the rest of they say is history, but still ongoing. So yeah, one, I mean, we have that classic Metallica formula here. You've got an awesome war intro, screaming, all that stuff, and then that beautiful clean guitar. Um, beautiful, totally beautiful. There it is, totally, totally. Totally beautiful lead work by Kirk. Um his intro lead to this is now one of the most iconic intro leads to any Metallica song. Everyone knows it. This is a staple live. Um, but this is, you know, this was something I think a little different than what we heard on previous Metallica, Metallica records when they did do their, their formulaic ballad. Um, it was just something that we, well, of course the production was different. It was a much drier record than the previous ones. Um, but this was a, a, I think a milestone in, in metal with the, the, 
the machine gun kick drum part, the got, you know, of course people use double kick drum all throughout the eighties and all that stuff, but this was just something different. Like I hadn't heard that. I know that there's, there's, there's debate that they lifted that from another band and stuff like that. But for me hearing this for the first time, it was something I'd never heard before. And just to hear these heavy choruses go back into these quiet, beautiful ballad parts, just really, dare I say, struck a chord with me. Yes, I said it. Um, and this was another one, you know, like when I was talking about the Nothing Else Matters solo, this was an early Metallica song where I was like, man, I can play some of this stuff, you know, as a young guitar player, only a few years in, you know, the intro was like, yes, I can do that. Um, and it was so fun for me to finally sit down in front of my boombox back in the day with my Metallica cassette or CD. I can't remember really, but um, I think it was a CD, a compact disc. Um yeah, just to sit down in front of my my boombox and play along with this was just so encouraging as a musician. Just to, you know, have that feeling like I got it down, and then all of a sudden the the you know the fast shit would happen. I'm like, okay, and I'm done. I can't do that anymore. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, come on, you can't fuck with one. If you don't like one, then please email me specifically and just I just just a brief reason why. No need for a novel. Just like a couple sentences. Here's why I don't like one. Um, and then I will delete that. <laughs> um, some of Hetfield's best vocals, I mean, the machine gun part, the darkness imprisoning me, imprisoning me part is just so heavy, so scary. It's understandable why parents were a little nervous of, uh, their children listening to this kind of music, but it's a Metallica classic. We know it. We love it. Let's dip into it.
that sticks in me Just like a wartime novelty Tied to machines that make me be Cut this life off from me Hold my breath as I wish for dear Oh please God wake me
Yeah, real ballady at the end there, Ethan. Huh. Um, you know, sorry, it's still a ballad to me. I know I've talked about this numerous times in the episode. However, of course, it gets fast and thrashy and so good at the end, but this is a ballad to me. And you know what I love about this one? Um, the ballad part, let me grab a guitar real quick. A nylon string, shall we? I just love that it's like this ballad and it's kind of scary and sad sounding, you know? That's, to me, that's just so tragic sounding and beautiful at the same time. Oops, messed up. Anyways, uh, yeah, moving on. That's, okay, you can't fuck with one. We already talked about that. Okay. All right, we're down to my top three favorite Metallica ballads. I think most of you might be able to guess my top three, but what order? Mm, that's the question. Interesting, Ethan. Now, this was tough to narrow down the top three, uh, I have to admit. Um, and it may change later. You know what? This, this, this is the beauty of this band is that, you know, our tastes change. We get older and we listen to, we may take a break from a record for a while and then go back to it and be like, oh my gosh, I forgot how much I love that song. So there might be a, a record in particular that you just maybe checked out on for a while, maybe a couple months to a couple years. Um, so this is why it was tough for me to narrow down these top three here. So let's go to number three. Call me crazy, but it's a great fucking song. And dare I say the first Metallica ballad we ever got. Yes, I'm talking about Fade to Black. You know Fade to Black. Have you heard it? Have you? Mm, what a good one. And also, it is also definitely in that vein of one. For example, listen to this. Hang on. Headphones, cables on the way. Here we go. But then... See what I'm saying? Same positioning, basically. Um, also, another song that when I was a young guitar player that I could figure out easy, and I got the tab book, and I was like, this is amazing. Of course, the Kirk solo at the beginning, one of his most iconic solos, easily, easily, right? Um, I remember I, I was a young guitar player starting to learn that, and I got through all of it. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is awesome. Then it gets to the... Uh, and I was like, well, yeah, I'm going to have to wait, wait a couple years for that one. But once I got that down, it was just, I mean, at this point, I'd already been obsessed with the guitar, already been obsessed with Metallica, obsessed with sitting in my room after school, not doing much homework, and just playing Metallica songs. This was one that I could not stop playing as a kid. It was awesome. Other than the fast lead stuff, when I was just, it was just out of my ability range back then. But um, I just, I couldn't get over this song. It was so much fun to play. I love that there was an acoustic guitar in this song. Like, wow. Um, you know, there's this, there's this thrash metal band called Metallica. They put out Kill 'Em All, and then all of a sudden they put out Ride the Lightning. And it's just this one of their many masterpiece records. And there's like multiple tracks with acoustic guitar, huh? Weird. But I loved it, you know. My my musical taste was pretty diverse at a young age, thanks to my dad get turning me on to different different artists and and records and genres and stuff. And I'm always be thankful for that. And um, I discovered metal and Metallica kind of on my own, or just because I saw their shirts, or you know, I saw the one music video, and and then I realized I had seen the logo before, whatever. Um, but Fade to Black is one of those songs that you know will always be in my memory until I maybe don't have any memory anymore and I start losing or something, but it'll always be my memory for the time being. 
as one of the early Metallica songs I could play as an inexperienced guitar player, and it felt so good to do so. And of course, we have some of the most iconic parts in Metallica songs in this one. It's just, I mean, I'm just going to keep the guitar in front of me so I can play you guys some stuff. But yeah, I mean, you have the the classic, you know, um, Sabbathy part, you know. Um, I mean, it's so good. I mean, that to me is a Sabbath part for sure. The beautiful ending, the... Wait, sorry, my bad. Oops. You know, it's just it's just this beautiful part. And even though that gets heavy and big and there's double kick drum, to me there's so much beauty in that outro that it, it really is still kind of ballady to me. It's, it's still, I don't know, it's such a pretty part. Um... And if you have, you know, there's a great version of it by Apocalyptica that's awesome. You should check out. That's a great band. If you don't know who they are, where have you been? Also, they're uh, four cello players that cover a lot of songs, but also Metallica songs as well. Um, yeah, I mean, a Metallica classic, you know, it's not in every set they play live. Um, fortunately, I have seen it live and it's kick-ass live, of course. Um, yeah, just beautiful, beautiful Kirk moments. He did such a great job on all the leads in, in all three sections of this song. Um, and what's interesting about the song, too, is that there's not really a chorus. That's what I find so strange is like this part right here. Wow, that was bad. My cable keeps getting in the way. So that part is technically, I guess that should be the chorus, but there's no vocals there. So, I mean, what a, what a kick-ass great song that you don't even have to write a fucking chorus and you have an instrumental part and that's your chorus and people love it and it's one of your biggest songs. That's some good songwriting, boys. Um, you know what? Let's listen to it. Let's listen to the song that James Hetfield wrote about his gear getting stolen. And let's also thank Anthrax for learning them gear and encouraging them to continue on and, and be the metallic we know and love today. Here's Fade to Black.
death greets me warm. Now I'll just say goodbye. That's some pretty dark shit for uh, having your guitars and <laughs> amps get stolen. <laughs> but hey, I get it. Music is very important to all of us. And if you're a musician, you write songs and you have songs that are important to you and you have gear that's important to you. Sometimes it's uh, it's tough to say goodbye if that gets stolen. I had a guitar get stolen once on tour and it was it was hard. I was like, man, I love that thing. And, you know, James Hetfield put a lot of uh, time and energy into that gear that got stolen. So I get it. Um, I wasn't making fun of the lyrics, by the way. I just thought it was kind of be a fun little joke. That's all. I'm just joking. God, calm down, everybody. I'm just joking. It's a joke. Okay, number two. All right, two more, you guys. What could they be? What could they be? Well, I'm going to tell you. This might surprise you. Number two for me, Sweet Amber. Nope, just kidding. Uh, Number two, Welcome Home Sanitarium. I think a lot of you might have thought that might have been my number one. I'm not sure. Um, Obviously, Master Puppets is my favorite Metallica record. Uh, It was really hard to put Sanitarium at number two. It was tough, I got to admit. Right here and right now. It was hard. Hi, my name's Ethan, and I put Sanitarium at number two. But, um, yeah, either way, this is a kick-ass song. This is a, a Metallica classic, Metallica staple. Another one I would love to see more live. I have seen it live once. Uh, I never get sick of this song. Um, just like Faded Black, I mean, you have some of Kirk's most beautiful guitar work on this song. The intro solo is great. And I will point out one more time, with my trusty nylon string $80 guitar I got in uh, Guadalajara, Mexico a couple years ago, um, the positioning of this on guitar is much like Fade to Black and One. So you have, right? Then you have, then you have, okay, very similar. Um, same formula. We got the beautiful intro by Headfield into a great Kirk lead. Um, this one, I, I just, I love the chorus. It's still kind of heavy and halftime ballady, but just, you got the, uh, um, you know, the, the leave me be part. Um, and of course I love this song so much that I covered it on cover our world black in volume one, um, in a major key, which was really fun. It was cool because it's, it's, it's the same melody you have. Welcome to a time stand still. No one leaves and no one will. Or in G. Welcome to a time stand still. No one leaves and no one will. Isn't that weird? Kind of cool, huh? Um, of course, great. I think I already said great leads by Kirk, but all of them are great. And it was the same kind of formula as Fade to Black where you have like the clean intro lead verse chorus and then kind of repeat another Kirk moment great parts in this song this was another one that when I was young and I I finally learned the the intro lead to this I just couldn't believe that I finally did it it was amazing it just was that moment as a young musician where I was like man I'm really going places one day I'm gonna live in Nashville and co-host a podcast about Metallica what's a podcast I never heard of that It's, it's 1992 um and of course, we have the amazing crescendo at the end that goes into that great bridge. That dun 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 dun. dun. Beautiful guitar harmony is happening towards the end. Um, that into a beautiful outro Kirk solo. It's just a pretty damn perfect Metallica song, in my opinion. But there's no thrash in there. Well. Sorry, there's no thrash in there, but it's awesome still, okay? 
Great, great, great song. I say, if you're cool with it, why don't we listen to Welcome Home, Santaterium.
Yes. God, what a great outro. It's so beautiful. That's another one that Apocalyptica have covered, and it's gorgeous on four cellos. Go check that out. Have you? Have you? Have you checked that? I can't talk anymore today. Jeez. I was in Louisville for the weekend with my wife, uh, just taking some time away, seeing some friends, and uh, I literally got back from driving from Louisville. It's not that bad. It's like three hours. But it's in the car, and um, I'm just kind of feeling delusional right now, so that's why I'm real stuttery today. I also kind of stutter in general, so that's that's you know, that happens. Hey, so before we get to my number one, I uh, I promised this person at the top of the show that I'd check back in with them. I just want to see what Akeem is up to. Hmm, it looks like he's actually he's out on the balcony of HQ1. Hang on, let me go open the door and see what he's doing. Good morning, my neighbors. Hey, fuck you. Yes. Akeem, get back inside here. It's so hot out. It's summertime. Dude, I'm sorry it took me so long to get back to you. Uh, I just wanted to see how you're doing. Uh, I know you've been kind of sitting around HQ1 listening to me do this episode. How the fuck are you? Please refrain from using any further obscenities in the presence of these people. Oh, come on, man. (laughs) It's a podcast. I'm just having some fun. I've warned you. I'll be forced to thrash you. Whoa, 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 Akeem. I don't want to be thrashed, especially on this show. I don't want our fans to hear me get thrashed. Okay, I get it, dude. I'll get to my number one. And you might thrash me afterwards because this might be a little controversial. I'm not sure. And you'll understand why it was so hard for me to kind of order my top three. But you know what? I'm just going to throw it out there. You know what? Fuck it. I'm throwing it out there. My number one favorite Metallica ballad is... The Unforgiven. There, I said it. I got it out there. It's the Unforgiven. And yes, the entire Unforgiven trilogy is on my list. But you know what? It's my list. Why don't you make your own, huh? Make your own. Actually, you should make your own and then send it in. I want to I read some. Um, the Unforgiven. I mean, really cool video back in the day. That scary old guy. And um, a lot of old dudes in videos in the Black Album era. Um, this was one of those ones, though, that just had that good Metallica heaviness to it. Um and it was kind of a new thing for me to listen to and maybe for them to do was to have a chorus that wasn't huge and big. And, you know, it was that down chorus that, you know, um, let's get my guitar again, shall we? You know, you got your intro. Um, but yeah, then the chorus was just like the what I felt I can't sing. That's my improv version. There you go, folks. Um, but yeah, what a cool moment in Metallica musical history just to hear them like take it down a notch on the chorus. You know, a lot of rock bands, a lot of metal bands, really artists in general, when that chorus hits, you want it to be this big, catchy thing. So I love when bands get a little adventurous and, I, you know, I hate saying this, but think outside the box a little bit and try something new like a really quiet chorus. I love it. I think it's awesome. Obviously one of Kirk Hammett's finest moments in Metallica. 
the infamous moment where Bob Rock pushed him and pushed him until he finally got that guitar player of the year solo on the record. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and it's, you know, for sure, one of my favorite Kirk moments in any Metallica song and always will be. And also a very fun solo to play. Um, yeah, just so many great moments in this song. It's just a beautifully written song by Hetfield. I dubbed this song one of my favorites. Definitely number one on this list, I'll tell you that much. Um, I don't know. What do you feel about The Unforgiven? Do you love it? I love it. It's not thrashy. I like, I want thrashy stuff. I didn't write anything on it. I don't care. Dave, out of here, bro. Go hang with Akeem on the balcony. Um, yeah, The Unforgiven, I, I, in my opinion, it is one of Metallica's finest songs and probably their finest ballad. And again, like I said before, this list could change. You know, in a couple weeks' time, a couple months' time, I could have, you know, The Outlaw Torn at number one. May, you never know. Don't shake your head at me in your car. Gosh. Um, yeah, The Unforgiven. I, I mean, it's it's a pretty flawless song, in my opinion. I never get sick of it. One of my favorite tracks off the Black Album. Great, great production from Bob Rock, of course. That whole record sounds amazing. This one especially, there's just so much fullness to this song, especially on the chorus when it gets down. It, it's not like it gets stripped down to nothing. I mean, it's still... A lot of low end. It's still there's still a heaviness to it, even though it's it's a lot quieter than the verses. But um, God, that new blood joins his hood. That's it's so big and heavy, and the guitar part's really cool. I don't know what to say about this song other than I just freaking love it. It's so good. The outro is great. God, Hetfield keeps going up higher. The you labeled me, I labeled you. Ah, love that. Love that. It's great live too. I got to see it. <laughs> no big deal. All right. Let's tap into uh, number one here and listen to The Unforgiven.
So I dubbed the end of my list. Ta. Yeah. All right, folks. That's my top 10 Metallica ballads. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Shoot me an email. Shoot us an email. Metalpodcastshowgmail.com. Give us your list. And maybe you disagree that some of these are ballads. Um, like I said before, I mean, it starts off as a ballad. It might go into something different, but in my opinion, I throw that in Metallica ballad world. Okay. That's what I call it. Ballad world. So shoot us an email, let us know what you think, let us know your list and uh, any other inquiries you might have, any questions, concerns, comments. Also, go to MLPpodcast.com, you can listen to episodes there, all sorts of cool stuff, order merch, don't forget to leave us an iTunes review, positive, of course, unless you absolutely hate us, then you can leave us 4.9 stars, I'll let you do that. Um, we're on the socials, you know that, don't forget to go to Patreon.com slash podcast. And get involved with that. Get your copy of Cover Our World Black in Volume 1. We are, um, I know Clint's already got a head start on Volume 2. I've been pretty uh, neck deep in my solo record, which will be coming out shortly. And uh, it's pretty much done, actually. You're listening to this on a Monday. Uh, tomorrow, I am uh, finalizing the mixes, and then it'll get mastered. And then uh, you can hear it. It's a cool, old-school, reggae, ska, dub record. A few of our patrons actually contributed to my Kickstarter campaign. Thank you guys very much. I really appreciate it. Um, We might even, uh, in the future, maybe have a little bonus episode where I play some clips from the record. You guys can check it out. Um, One of our fans, actually, of the show uh, recently uh, hit me up and said, Hey, man, I don't like reggae, but I love this song you did. It's really cool, blah, blah, blah. And it's it's one of my demos that I actually had mixed by Nathan Thomas, and I put it out on iTunes and stuff for people to check out before the record. So that was a cool compliment. You know, I'm not fishing for compliments by any means, but it, it, it does feel good when you you can put out a song and have somebody that does not like that style of music actually like it. You know, it's a good one. It's like, I'm sure there's people that are like, hey, I don't like metal, but I like Metallica. That's cool. It's a way to, uh, you know, expand your mind a little bit on some new genres of music. So anyways, I've taken up enough of your time. I've taken up enough of my time by myself without Clint. So I hope Clint is having a great time in Germany, drinking some steins of beer, eating some uh, schnitzel, and um, yeah, just, that's about, that's it. I don't know what to say anymore, guys. Uh, Oh, I forgot about one thing. Uh, Akeem, did you have a good time today? I am very happy to be here. All right, good. All right, I had fun. Akeem had fun. That's my list. We'll talk to you on the flip-flop, and I will say just adios, I guess. Wow, that's weird. I didn't really plan this out. Um, okay, normally Clint says peace, and then I say adios. If you were our advisor, what would you say? And then I would say, delete that. <laughs>